It's time to get your head out of your ass and start creating a life of no regrets. Whether you want to lose weight, get rich, or manifest a hot threesome on the beach, you're going to want to turn this up. This is Goals, Grit, and Some Woo-Woo Shit with your host, best-selling author and professional butt kicker, Una Duncan. Hey, hey, today we are going to talk about grit, how to survive the maintenance phase of a weight loss journey. So maintenance, I know that you're probably not listening to a podcast about goals because you want to maintain the body that you have. You want to maintain the body that Beyonce has, but I'm going to tell you why rest and recovery and maintenance is actually part of the process. There is a bridge between you and Beyonce, and I'm telling you, it's got to involve maintenance phases. So this is the podcast to listen to when you're feeling burnt out, you want to take a break, but you're freaked out that you will lose all of your momentum. Or maybe you're going on vacation and you want to chill, but you don't want to come home feeling like a total slug. Or maybe you're injured or you're sick and it is just not exercise time, but you're internally freaking out because you think your fitness is going to tank if you take a break. First of all, though, I want to clarify a couple of things. One, maintenance is not the same as a plateau. In a maintenance phase, you are deliberately backing off your efforts with the intention of not really moving forward, but just maintaining the progress that you've already have. So for example, bodybuilders who are preparing for the stage, um, let's say they are in the fat shredding phase of their program, and they've been eating at a consistent caloric deficit and losing weight. And this would be about taking a week or two where they don't eat at a caloric deficit. They eat at maintenance calories before dropping their calories again. Or with workouts, if you're lifting weights and you're building muscle and every week you're progressing your weights, which by the way, you should be. Dude, I have seen too many people who just like park it at a certain resistance. Like I've been doing 20 bicep curls with eight pound weights for like 10 freaking years and they wonder why they're not seeing any progress. Anyway, if you have been progressing your resistance and your effort every week, This would be like taking a week or two when you just hold at your current efforts to give your body a bit of a break from all that intense progression. Or sometimes you'll even see programmed a deload week where you actually back it off for a bit in order to allow some recovery before you progress again. You know, like before a race, you'll often, uh, the few runs before your big, you know, marathon will be like at a lower kilometers than you had been training at. Okay. So I'm going to tell you why you want to do that in a second. But just to clarify, a plateau is when you are consistently progressing your effort. You're really, you're going for it. You're doing all the things, but your results have stalled. Basically, what used to work just isn't working anymore, and you are busting your ass and nothing is happening. But hold on a sec. Before you're like, oh my God, oh my God, that's me, that's me. I just want you to know that weight loss or athletic performance or anything to do with your body or your life is not perfectly linear. Even if you are perfectly consistent with your efforts, it's not like you're going to lose exactly 0.5 pounds of fat every week like clockwork. It's more going to look something like you lose a pound one week, you gain it back the next, you lose two the next, and then you gain one back and then you lose another and you lose another. Okay. Like, so the average is about 0.5 pounds a week over four weeks, which is a great target, by the way. But if you're focused on the scale, that is going to be such an emotional roller coaster, which is why I say, oh my gosh, dudes, focus on the habits and then the results will happen on the scale. 
because sometimes you will be absolutely kicking ass with your habits and nothing's going to happen for a couple of weeks. And if you are overly focused on the scale, what can happen is that you're going to get super frustrated and then you just quit because this doesn't work. Or you're going to think, oh my God, something's wrong with me. And you're going to do some extreme thing to try and kickstart results. Seriously, just focus on steady, consistent, healthy habits and the results will come. I personally would not worry about being in a plateau unless I was like really giving consistent effort and I didn't see any noticeable progress for like six weeks. And if you think that's you, then I do have a step-by-step get out of a plateau guide. And if you want, I'll send send me a DM on Instagram. I will send that over to you. Okay. But in the meantime, one way you can avoid a plateau is to deliberately schedule in maintenance phases. So if you were to hire some fancy trainer to do a personal training program for you, it would be a periodized training program, meaning that they would structure your plan around periods of progressive overload. So consistently making it harder, followed by periods of rest. And that would be in the micro cycle, like even during an individual workout. And it also be during the meso cycle, like your weekly schedule. And also during your macro cycle, like throughout the year in my year long program, we have months where we pull back the effort. And that is all part of the long term plan to see even better results. So seriously, if you have a trainer who is not including rest, maintenance, active recovery, you might want to look around for another trainer. And here's why. Okay, let's, let, let me give you a story. Let's say your fitness journey is like driving from Toronto to California. And you're like, oh, I just want to get to California. I don't want to take any breaks. I just want to burn, like burn it to California. What would happen? Well, I mean, you'd probably start falling asleep at the wheel after a while you probably wouldn't be a great driver, which would lead you um, to have risk of injury or death. Exactly like putting yourself at risk of injury if you don't rest after your workouts. Um, you definitely run out of fuel, which is kind of like how you run out of motivation if you don't give yourself a break. And if you didn't stop in the 37-hour drive from Toronto to San Diego, you probably eventually piss yourself. And I don't know what the fitness equivalent is there, but my point is you just can't burn it from California to Toronto. You have to take rest breaks. And you probably can't burn it to your fitness goal. You must schedule in maintenance phases, rest, and recovery. Now, hold on one second. Please don't get me wrong. Most people are really good at not exercising. The most recent StatsCan report found that only 15% of Canadians up here in the true north strong and free are getting enough exercise. Most of us spend about 9.5 hours a day sitting on our butts. So I'm sure I don't have to tell you if you're listening to this podcast, like that's bad, like causing 57 million annual deaths bad. So just so you know, please don't get me wrong, exercise good. Most people need way more. And it is possible to overdo it. So actually, did you hear doctors are starting to prescribe exercise? They are actually getting out their prescription pads and writing down, you know, do cardio workouts certain times a week or whatever. So like any powerful medicine, it can be overused and abused. There is a specific dosage that is the um, recommended dosage, the most highly effective dosage. If we don't allow adequate time for recovery, when we overtrain, there are consequences. And those consequences are going to move you further away from your goals. 
All right, my friend, it is time to announce the winner of the October Leave a Review Contest. So every month, I'm looking at the previous month and looking at who left the most amazingly kick-ass review for this podcast. And that person is going to get a prize. And that prize can be a free 28-day transformation. It can be a free copy of my book. It can be a free band or it can be a free habit tracker. It's whatever you choose. You get to choose. So the winner, drumroll, drumroll, for October is Ames9495. Ames9495 left the sweetest review saying that she had just finished my book and she wanted more. She said she loves the guests and it has become her number one recommended podcast to all of her friends. I am so grateful to you, Ames, for sharing the love that really helps out new podcasts. And uh, thank you so much for leaving such a lovely review. And DM me on Instagram at Una Duncan and say, hey, I'm Ames. Give me my prize and you will get an awesome prize. So please, if you're listening to this now, you can totally win for November. So leave a review right now and I will be announcing the winner in just a few weeks. All right. Thanks. This episode is brought to you by the Masters of Fitness Awesomeness Program. Here's someone who wants to tell you what that is. I'm Deanna Spindler. I am 43. I uh, joined the 28 Day Transformation and followed up with MFA, and it has been so awesome. To anyone who is considering joining, if you want to feel good in your own skin, then do it. If you want to gain some confidence, then do it. You're absolutely going to feel better. So those are my words about the MFA. I've loved it. Having a great time and super pumped even just to be able to send this over. Thanks. So let me tell you a few signs to look out for that um, are signs that it might be time for you to back off and allow a little bit more rest and recovery. So for one thing, if you are hungry as hell all the time, um, if you're always sore and achy and your muscles and your joints, I remember early in my fitness career, you know, you just have to take any classes you can get. You're trying to make a freaking living off teaching fitness classes. Like, let me tell you, dude, that's hard. So, um, you know, I was teaching all these classes and I would get out of it and I would do these classes and I would be bouncing all around and like peak energy. And then I would go to get out of the gym and walk to my bike, which I biked everywhere. And I would be like hanging onto the railing for dear life, trying to get down the stairs because my joints were so sore. Okay. So um, also if you get colds a lot and it takes forever for you to recover from being sick, um, if you have insomnia, if you're really having trouble uh, going to sleep, if you haven't seen any improvement in your physical condition for a long time, if you are um, experiencing weight loss resistance, like it's really tr- uh, hard for you to lose weight. And if you're just kind of overly emotional, if you're irritable, if you're depressed, these are all like red light signs that you might want to back it off for a bit. So let's talk about what is the optimal dose. Um, if exercise is powerful medicine, what is the op- optimal dose? Is it as simple as exercising one day and you chill the next? Not necessarily. So like every medicine, the dosage depends on the individual. Like an on again, a one day off again, the next day schedule would probably bore like Anna Kornikova to tears, but it would probably send Al Bundy to the freaking hospital because it would be so intense um, unless he was in his glory days at Poke High. Anyway, So unfortunately, to figure out your optimal dosage, you're gonna have to listen to your body. And I know, I know that is the most unwelcome advice ever. But let me give you a few rules that will help you tune in. 
And so the first one, I love this, the 10 minute rule. If you wait to feel like exercising, if you're like, oh, I just, my body just doesn't feel like exercising. Dude, your body will almost never feel like exercising. It's very, very common for most people to feel like, no, I'm too tired to exercise today. Very, very few people spring out of bed looking for somewhere to jump squat. That like never happens. So please don't take it. If that is not you and it's not like anyone, that does not mean that you are supposed to be resting necessarily. Okay. Because what can happen is if you have a well-designed warm-up, it's going to increase circulation throughout your body and it's going to start sending those feel-good chemicals to your brain. Within 10 minutes of moving your body, you should be feeling awake and you should be feeling like, yeah, no, I'm glad I didn't hit the snooze button. This is good. This is good. If you've exercised for 10 minutes and you still feel like, oh, absolutely wiped, that's a sign that this should be a recovery day. But And here's my suggestion because you want to maintain that habit loop, right? If you've got a habit of like, trigger, it's Monday at 6am behavior, I do my workout reward, I, you know, have a shower, have my coffee, check in with social media, like whatever makes you feel rewarded. Um, My suggestion is you do not break that habit loop, you keep that time commitment to yourself. And you just instead of doing your hardcore workout, you switch to restorative flexibility, for example, or meditation, whatever, something that's also honoring your self care. Okay. Second rule, you should feel fully recovered from your last workout before you work out again. Now, I'm going to give you a little caveat here. If you have, for example, sore quads um, because you were doing a wall sit endurance test yesterday or tennis squats or whatever, it is actually not a bad idea to maybe go for a light jog or a walk because moving that oxygenated blood around, it's going to help relieve the soreness. It's actually the best thing to relieve soreness better than stretching or whatever. But it's not the day to do like your front squat one rep max. Like that's not the day for that. Wait for the day when you're feeling like your quads are like spring loaded and you're ready for action. You know, those days. Um, Okay. Third rule, your workout should leave you feeling energized, not exhausted. When you aren't done your workout, you should feel like a freaking champ. If you feel like freaking roadkill, you probably overdid it. Okay. So if any of that sounds like you, you might be like, well, I really, I'm, I think I might need a little bit more uh, rest and recovery. So the question is, how do you pull off active recovery or maintenance phase in a way that prepares your body for the next cycle of kicking ass? Because I know if you're someone who's like, oh, I probably exercise too much. I know that kicking ass is important to you and you'll want that. So you're going to be like, okay, um, how do I prepare myself for the next cycle of kicking ass? Can I just like sit here and drink beer and eat hot dogs for a bit. And then, you know, when I feel like it, I get my shit together. Unfortunately not. You want to practice active recovery. So active recovery is when you do things that are going to actively promote the recovery of your body and prepare it for the next increase in effort. So for example, let's go back to that microcycle, one individual workout. Let's say in your workout, you are the lucky person who is doing a burpee Tabata. So you're doing 20 seconds of hardcore burpees, and then you've got 10 seconds of recovery, and you're doing that eight times. Doesn't that sound like fun? So let's say you're doing your 20 seconds of burpees. So you finish your 20 seconds. In that 10 seconds of rest, are you going to sit down and drink beer and eat hot dogs? Fuck no, because then your next 20 seconds of burpees would be like barfy hell. What you do do during the 10 seconds of rest is active recovery. You walk around and you swear and you take deep breaths and you grab some water. That's active recovery. 
And the same thing goes for your weekly cycle. Let's say that you do work out every other day. On your active recovery days, you don't sit on your ass. That's called sitting on your ass. Your active recovery day, you basically do the same thing as your active recovery 10 seconds during your workout. You walk around, you take deep breaths, you drink lots of water. You don't have to swear, but I'm a fan. Hey, hey, if you're liking this podcast, you might also like my book, Healthy as Fuck. It's an international bestseller and available wherever books are sold. The audiobook is especially awesome, if I do say so myself. And listen, if you go to fitfeelsgood.com slash healthy AF, I've got a ton of free bonuses for book readers. So make sure you grab those too. Okay, back to the episode. And now let's pull the camera back even further. And let's talk about the cycle of the year. So there are months when you are just naturally going to feel an energetic push to take things to the next level. Like, January, uh, May is another one when you first see those spring flowers pop up and the sun on your face, you're like, oh yeah, a lot of people kind of wake up. September, a lot of people have that September. And there are months when there is a natural pull to relax, to practice maintenance and active recovery. Like, let me tell you, dude, try being a fitness marketer, trying to get people to scrape together a solitary fuck about fitness in August or December. It's hard, friends. And that is totally fine. Because like I said, I build this into my yearly programming. So here's how you can enjoy a maintenance phase and do it properly in a way that's going to get you to California. It's going to get you to your fitness goals in a way that feels good and sustainable. So here's what you're going to do. First of all, you can reduce the volume and intensity of your workouts, but don't just stop moving. So for example, if you uh, are used to a five workouts a week schedule, you can probably scale it back to three workouts a week without noticing any noticeable decrease in your fitness. Or for example, if you do hour long workouts every day, you could probably do a 20 minute workout. Or if you are used to doing really hardcore stuff like CrossFit or whatever, maybe just try like swimming and biking and yoga or whatever. Okay. Again, it is pretty much never recommended to just sit on your ass. Our bodies are meant to move and acid-sitting is not going to prepare you for the next stage of your training program. Secondly, if you are in an active recovery phase, sleep, like really give yourself time to sleep. And if sleep is an issue for you, you must check out my interview with sleep expert Janet Whalen from last week. It's episode 26, I believe. It's freaking gold. Okay, drink shit tons of water. I recommend drinking half of your body weight your body weight in pounds in ounces as a goal. It is a shit ton of water, but that's going to help you eliminate waste products um, and combat dehydration that most of us have from drinking too much booze and too much coffee. Speaking of which, let's talk about a maintenance phase when it comes to your nutrition, because I think that for a lot of people, the rules around nutrition, like they need a break from that. And you can totally chill on your nutrition, but I wouldn't recommend eating like a total asshole. It's just going to make you feel freaking gross. And again, the point is to feel good. So here's some ideas on a, for a nutrition maintenance phase on how you, or this is how you might want to approach your nutrition during a vacation or something. So if you normally eat a really healthy breakfast, lunch, and dinner, maybe you can relax dinner, but stay kind of on target for breakfast and lunch. Um, if you're someone who like measures out your food and you count your calories and your macros, drop it, just eyeball your portions, make sure that they're kind of within reason. Um, if you normally try and eat healthy, like all the time, you know, if you are one of those lovely people who like packs out all their food and stuff like that, maybe you relax it too. 
I eat healthy when I'm cooking for myself, when I'm in my home, but when I'm a guest or when I'm at a restaurant, I just eat what's being served and I limit my portions of things that are not going to make me feel great, for example. Okay. So this is the best part I actually think about maintenance phases. It's a chance for you to drop all the freaking rules, you know, because sometimes like the rules aren't even that important. It's just that you become superstitious about them because you experience some success with them. And instead, you really get a chance to tune in and be like, wait, what do I actually want to eat? If I drop all the rules, what am I, what do I, like I'm allowed to eat whatever I want. What do I want to eat? How much of it do I want to eat? So it's really starting to practice those skills of intuitive movement and eating and what actually makes you feel good. And again, feeling good right now in the body that you have during your maintenance phase or otherwise is the whole freaking point, not when you've hit your goal weight or whatever. Except here's a problem. A lot of people have a lot of anxiety about the idea of feeling good right now in the body that they have because they think it's going to let me off the hook. And some people have a similar, similar anxiety about not pushing and exercising hard because they think, well, they think they're going to get depressed or they think they're going to gain weight. So I just want to talk to those people for a second. The people who really don't want to chill. Hi, mom. Seriously, dude, my lovely mom. I don't think I've ever seen her sit down without also being on the computer or folding some laundry or doing something productive. Like last summer at the cottage, we had the whole family gathered to relax and enjoy each other. And my siblings and I played a game where we would time the amount of time my mom would sit before bouncing up again. She joined us sitting at the dock. It's a beautiful day. All the grandkids are playing and she'd sit down and she'd go, oh, isn't this lovely? And then literally, because we set a stopwatch, a minute and 15 seconds later, she'd bounce up and like go vacuum the blinds or something like that. Now, if you can relate to Susan McNerney, my amazing mother, <laughs> and that need to be in motion, I want you to try yoga or walking in nature. And yes, I know it's a freaking cliche, but it's a freaking cliche for a reason because it works. Or sometimes I'll hear people who are hesitant to back off their workouts because like it's their only time that they carve out for themselves. It is their only me time that they allow for themselves ever. Maybe that's you. Maybe you have so many demands on your time and it's the only time you like insist for yourself because it's doing something virtual and like dutiful, like exercise, like I have to do this. And maybe you'd feel kind of like a jerk if you were like insisting on that time and leaving the dishes in the sink and letting the kids watch TV just to like read a book. <laughs> but you would totally make it happen for your run. So if that's you, listen up. Everyone was fine when you went for an hour long run. They will be fine if you go for an hour long pedicure. And I'm guessing the only one judging how you spent that hour is you. So you might want to get over it. Or sometimes people feel like they don't want to take a break from exercising because they're just really like so focused on their health and wellness goals. And they're like, I just, I need to feel productive about this. I cannot let this like drop. I can't let this, any of this intensity drop. So listen, dude, you could spend that hour or however long you are budgeting for your exercise. You could spend that time batch cooking healthy meals. You could even start like working towards stacking your exercise goal with other goals. Text a friend and do that freaking dance of trying to figure out when you guys can get together for a hike. And I guarantee that'll take it like at least half an hour. But most of all, for a lot of people to deal with the elephant in the recovery room, 
a lot of people don't want to de-escalate their workouts and they don't want to have a maintenance phase because they're worried that they're going to get fat. So if that's you, my lovely friend, please listen to me. If you are overtraining and you are not allowing your body to recover, your body is under some serious freaking stress. And when your body is stressed, it thinks that you need a lot of energy to fight off a saber-toothed tiger. And it's going to hang on to that stored energy as fat. And when you're not in a state of elevated stress, you're going to find that you just don't need so much food to feel satiated. And your stress hormones are going to balance out. And I promise you, it will be all right. Exercise only counts for like the smallest fraction of your daily caloric burn. I don't care like how hardcore you are. It's mostly digestion and growing fingernails and just living. Okay. I guarantee that that weekly or daily spin class is not the make or break as to whether or not you are going to lose your body fat. Okay. The make or break is usually in your mind in managing your thoughts and your feelings about your body and your fitness. So my final tip to get the most out of your maintenance and recovery and rest phase is just do it mindfully. Journaling will help. Meditation will help. It's going to help you tune into what your body actually needs. It's going to calm a lot of that fat anxiety chatter. And it's generally going to help you feel good, which is again, the whole freaking point. Okay, so I hope you found this episode on maintenance and active recovery helpful. Let me know what other topics you'd like me to cover. Send me a DM on Instagram at Una Duncan, and I'll chat to you next week. Bye. Hey, dude, thanks for listening. If you like this episode, make sure you're subscribed so you can get the next one. And by the way, if you rate and review this podcast, it really helps me get found by other people who need some goals, grit, and some woo-woo shit. And be sure to connect and DM me at Una Duncan on Instagram and let me know what you thought of the episode. Chat soon.